Brock Richardson hanging out with me today, folks. Wherever you are hanging out with us, thanks for doing so. Maybe you're listening over at AMI.ca. You can stream the uh, show right from there if you'd like to. Listen in on all the AMI-audio content, AMI.ca. And, of course, you can always think about downloading us to your smart device and uh, maybe putting an app such as TuneIn Radio or OOTune so you can enjoy doing a search for us, find AMI-audio, and away you go. That's download TuneIn Radio or OOTunes to your smart device. Speaking of, wherever you're listening in around the world, it's time to check in on some things across uh, the water from us as we're joined by our friend from the UK, Fern Lullum. What's on your mind? I'm Fern Lullum from the UK, and whether serious, silly, or somewhere in between, I've got you covered. Let's face it, the most effective therapy is a chat with your bestie. So I was telling Brock Fern on the break that as my vision gets worse, it's amazing the things that I... I can, can convince myself are happening that may not necessarily be and looking around saying, hey man, do I have that light on? Do I not? Is it on? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Sounds about right, Kelly. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't it? You just sort of make do whatever, right? Somebody will tell me if it's, if it's necessary or not. Yeah. If I need that light, right? You know, uh, how are you? Welcome back to the show. I am doing great, Kelly. Thank you very much for welcoming me back. It's lovely to be here. Today, we're going to highlight some of the campaigns being run by disabled charities in the UK, and I'm quite excited to learn about this stuff. Yeah, so I thought that I would give everyone a bit of a flavour of some of the things that are affecting the lives of disabled people here in the UK and what our charities are going to do to lend some support. Awesome. Okay, well, where do we start? Well, let's start with children, because we all behave like them from time to time, so we might as well start there. Best way to be. um, Indeed. (laughs) So Scope, which is a major charity for disabled people uh, in the UK, is running a campaign called Let's Play Fair. And the clue is in the title, so it's about inclusive playgrounds. Love that. And it's always good to have inclusive playgrounds playgrounds but can you give us the idea of the scale of the problem in the uk fern well half of families with disabled children say that they face accessibility problems with their local playground and also one in two parents say that their disabled child got hurt while using inaccessible equipment so it's no good oh so you spoke there about the physical danger but i guess there's the emotional side of things too Absolutely. You know, I like to talk about the emotional side of things. This is really important because naturally, if disabled children aren't able to join in with play, it can lead to feelings of isolation and exclusion, you know, things that a lot of us can relate to from our childhoods. And this can have a really lasting impact on their development and on their lives as adults. And so what is the scope of asking people to tackle this? Well, they want to see accessible equipment in playgrounds, including some with sensory features as well, um, which would obviously be really helpful for people with disabilities. So they want to see appropriate surfaces and fences to ensure physical safety. So there's no injuries or accidents of that kind. Mm -hmm. But as always, cost has to come into it. 
Of course, of course, it all comes back to cost, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So Scope do accept that the changes will cost a lot of money. Of course, they will. However, they are asking the government to create a specific fund for inclusive playgrounds, and they point out that there is UK legislation um, and a United Nations convention which requires adjustments to be made so that disabled children can play. So we got the law on our side. This sounds pretty comprehensive in the waiting. What are some of the challenges in the UK of this uh, campaign happening? Yeah, so Scope are asking people to sign an open letter to the government, which is on their website. And they're also giving guidance on how to set up and how to run a meeting with your local member of parliament to discuss inclusive playgrounds if you want to take action yourself. I love the open meeting. I love the signing. But, you know, you know, you just hope, OK, if we're signing, hopefully there's there's somewhere someone who sees this, who says, look, you get me this kind of data that I can take. This is a mm-hmm. good foot forward to make these things happen and make people understand and at least see how many voters want, want mm-hmm. this kind of thing. Uh, it does sound comprehensive for those wanting to start the campaign. So let's talk a little bit about other campaigning, campaigning going on with other UK charities. Mm-hmm. Yes, so there is the Royal National Institute of Deaf People, or RNID, over here, and they are campaigning for access to all retail to be better for deaf people. Mm -hmm. They want the retail industry to make more stores more accessible to deaf people. And is that specifically what they're asking for, or is is there more in-depth to that? Yeah, so what they want is they want retailers to do four key things. Firstly, they want any face masks worn by retail staff to have clear panels to aid lip reading, because obviously that's really, you know, been difficult for the deaf people in, in our current times. Alternatively, they ask that staff lower their masks before the mouth if, um, or below the mouth, should I say, if speaking to a deaf person, as long as obviously it's safe to do so and they're in safe distance to do that. You know, I think so many of us, you forget some of those things. I heard that, heard that early in the pandemic about not being able to rip, uh, lip read, also even for ourselves, hearing. So uh, very interesting. And I think we forget, especially retail, there's there's always some of those things, people turning to show you something and, and turning away from the person needing that. So I, I can imagine this is a campaign that definitely is important. Now, although people, less people are wearing masks now, this is obviously still uh, an issue that deaf people face so what else do they are they asking for well they want the background noise including piped music reduced Mm -hmm. and they also want hearing loops to be installed so that people using hearing aids can hear more clearly because you can imagine anything that's going on in the background is going to be a hindrance to that and last but not least they also want all retail staff to have deaf awareness training because how many staff are just not trained in this stuff yeah, absolutely. And there's just so many things that and some of it to the normal uh, population would seem like, oh, this is simple. And mm-hmm. for those of us with challenges, it's not always simple. And it, and it's it's tough to see and watch sometimes. What is the R&D doing to put pressure on retailers to do this? 
Well, around two years ago, they asked people to sign an open letter to retailers. They got about 2,000 signatures and then they sent the letter to many of the major UK companies and they say that they've had some really positive responses and they will continue to engage with the big retailers, going to the big boys. Nice. Very, very nice. Uh, I think that's very positive and interesting where an approach like this going instead of by the charity uh, making their appeal to the service providers rather than the government. So what about sight loss charities in the UK? What are they giving attention to right now? Well, the Royal National Institute for Blind People or RNIB, you might sense the theme going on Mm -hmm. over here. Um, They have a series of campaigns under the heading of Remaking Our Streets, okay? So one of the issues included in that campaign is something that I think nearly every blind person can relate to. Okay, so I'm curious. Put us out of our misery and tell us what it is. It is. Branches and shrubs Mm. that overhang the pavement or sidewalk, if I'm talking Canadian. Who hasn't walked, slashed, or banged into some form of vegetation that should have been trimmed back some time ago? My gosh. Oh, yes, uh, indeed. Pretty hard to find them up there in the air. Yeah, 100%. I definitely have a lot of times. It wasn't pleasant. And um, it can be very dangerous. You know, it really can. And as it tends to be on face level, sometimes eye level, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, you wouldn't detect it with a cane. You, the, your guide dog isn't going to tell you it's there. You know, they're not going to point up and be like, woof, woof, get out of the way. Because um, clearly <laughs> Nancy doesn't do that. Um, and unfortunately, and, you know, they're just not looking for obstacles up that high. So this is a really big problem. Yeah. For cane users as well, you can't be in no, the air like that. In uh, the air. Trees. that I have a, 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 an eye injury that I got back in college that still once in a while bothers me. If I rub my eye the wrong way or whatever, I'll get a sudden sharp pain in it. And it's all from a branch uh, going in under mm. my eyelid. Horrible. Horrible. Wow. Awful. And, and Fern, this is what I'm talking about, about something like this. It seems so simple to the general public of, well, Mm. just get out of the way. And it's like, well, we can't see it. So if you can't see it, you can't get out of the way. And and Mm -hmm. it's just that simple. So in this regard, what is the RNIB doing to help? Well, their website points out that local authorities have legal powers to require residents to remove overhanging branches and hedges, which cause obstruction to pedestrians. So once again, the law is on our side. On our side, but then the first thing we hear from law enforcement is we are overworked and so many calls are coming in. Um, So the authorities will have to rely, depend very much so on people reporting the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And RNIB are calling on local authorities to make sure that there are accessible ways for blind people to do this, because obviously there's no point in getting someone to report it if they physically can't because it's not accessible. So they're also calling for awareness campaigns to educate local residents of the problem of overhanging plants and bushes so that people are just more aware of it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times that's what it takes. Just people to stop and say, well, of course that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Are you aware of any action being taken against people who have caused problems for other people by keeping their, you know, plants in working order, if you will, trimmed? 
Yes. So apparently it did take a lot of effort. I did read a report on social media about a man who had to pressure his local council for two years before they took action to get a resident to trim overhanging branches, although he did get compensation for the delay. Um, you know, even even when you get money, it, it just can't be nice to have to walk around the long way, you know, and, and take such so much action and go to such lengths just to get a, a branch clip back that's all you want yeah it would be interesting if people just instead of feeling well you can't be the boss of me you can't tell me what to do would just stop and and say yeah okay th- that's the right thing to do now, uh, a few weeks ago you spoke about guide dog refusals in the uk mm-hmm. what's the latest on the campaign to tackle that Well, Kelly, I am so glad you asked because it is obvious that somebody really important was listening to that guide dog section that I did here on the show a few weeks ago. Because right afterwards, would you believe it? I saw that the stickers that we mentioned in the shop windows that I suggested that would be a good idea were now forming part of a guide dog campaign. Can you believe it? You heard it here first. Um, You can cheer too. Some. Sometimes it takes media to get people to listen to these things is what I'm hearing. Influence. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we don't know it was me, I will say, but, you know, we, we kind of wink. We're going to go with nod. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope that uh, t- goes somewhere to tackle those refusos, you know, uh, when it comes to it. Um, because, I mean, Fern, it would really be nice to see some steps taken in this capacity yeah so guide dogs are planning a campaign where volunteers go and speak to shops and other high street businesses to educate them about the rights of guide dog owners and they will only ask them to display a sticker which says open doors for guide dogs and all other assistance dogs so then you you know there's no getting around it yeah yeah well i mean it's really as we've talked about it's a protection for everybody involved so people know the right things and again going back to the tree branch analogy just knowing and understanding, stopping and saying, well, yeah, of course. Mm. Fern, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you have a great show. We shall. Thank you. Fern Lullum joins us every other Thursday for UK Disability Highlights right here on Kelly and Company. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, we speak with Luke McConnell, who's hosting a fundraising event in memory of his good friend, Justin Masati, with Sockability Canada. We're going to learn more about this great initiative and why it's important to him right after the break.